0: To the simple, to the simple truth. You're listening to the Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
1: It doesn't matter how dead things are, his resurrection power proves that he is almighty, right? It does. Here's something interesting, guys, because centuries later, when the religious leaders challenge Jesus' authority, God did it again. God resurrected Jesus' body to prove to them and everyone else who is really the Messiah, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's Jesus Christ. As we
0: God is the author of all life. Pastor Dion reminds us today of God's amazing creation of the world. But not only does God create new life, He also resurrects what was dead. For example, in the Old Testament, God resurrected Sarah's barren womb and Moses' lifeless staff. In the New Testament, God demonstrated His resurrection power through raising Jesus back to life. And with Jesus' resurrection comes the promise that we too will one day experience bodily resurrection in a world without sin and death. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Genesis Chapter 1 as he continues his message, What Is God Like?
1: I have a finite mind and a finite mouth to talk about an infinite God. And so I pray, Father, that Your Holy Spirit would help me to communicate all that You are as best as possible to paint a beautiful picture to our family. And Lord, so that they can, their faith can be full and their assurance steadfast. I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And Amen. Well listen guys, two weeks ago, we answered the question of whether or not God exists. We answered that question. We concluded that, obviously, creation, cosmology, biology, zoology, botany, those things, and conscience, that's the gravitational pull from within us upward, are undeniable arguments for the existence of God. I mean, when you look around at the creation, and when you know in your own heart that there, there, there is an emptiness, a void there that is constantly searching. Those are unarguable arguments when it comes to the existence of God. In fact, the Apostle Paul explained it like this in Romans chapter 1 and verse 19. He said, for the truth about God is known to men instinctively. God has put this knowledge in their hearts. Everybody said, in their What? heart that's that in our hearts there's already this knowledge this this seek upwards and he says since earliest times men have seen the earth the sky and all God made the creation and have known of his existence and great eternal power so they will have no excuse when they stand before God on judgment day so those two things are inarguable the creation and that conscience that God places on the inside of an upward, a gravitational pull towards Him. I mean, with those two things, you got to be deaf, dumb, blind, or dishonest to deny God's existence, right? In fact, a good question for an atheist is to serve him a delicious meal and then ask him if he believes there's a cook. Huh? Huh? I mean, because atheists, you know, their, their suitcase doesn't have a handle, if you ask me. I mean, wh- who is more foolish, a child who is afraid of the dark or a man who's afraid of the light? Now, knowing that God exists, last week we began investigating what is God like. Thankfully, guys, God made it easy for us to know Him. Everybody say to know Him. Thank God He made it easy. God revealed Himself through the Holy Bible. The Bible, guys, is God's autobiography. It is His story. God is the author of the Bible, and the purpose that He wrote it was to disclose Himself to us. He wants to be known. He wants to be understood. He wants to be experienced. He wants for us to call on Him, to prove Him. To taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't that awesome? He he wants that. And so He has disclosed Himself to us. In the Bible, God revealed a couple of things. First of all, God revealed what He did in the past. You know, creation and how He started the timeline. We talked about last week that God is outside time and space. And in the very beginning, He started our timeline, the timeline of history that we're now on. He started it all. He sees the end from the beginning. It's not evolving. He already knows exactly how it's going to play out because it's His story. But He tells us in the Bible what He did in the past, how He started the timeline, the creation. You know, the, the Bible says that God spoke. No effort, no energy, and there was. God said, let there be, and everybody, and there was, right? There was life, and beauty, and order, and perfection. And that's what God reveals to us, first of all in the Bible, it starts that way, what he did in the past, this beautiful creation. But then, sin and disobedience brought a curse. It brought death, disease, disorder, destruction. See, global warming, pollution, cancer, crime, coronavirus are the consequences of Adam and Eve's sin. All right? Everybody say, darn them. Right? Here, God does this beautiful creation, everything in order, everything perfect, and then they mess it up through their sin and disobedience. Well, That's the next thing that happens in the Bible. What God reveals us in the Bible is not only what He has done in creation, but after sin, He starts to reveal to us what He will do. He reveals the future, the details of His plan, which He is to do. And that is to sustain creation, to redeem creation, and restore creation. So if you want to know what the Bible is all about, first of all, it says what God did and then men messed it up, and then it says what God wants to do. In the midst of sin, He's going to sustain creation, He is going to redeem creation, and He is going to restore creation. That's the story of the Bible, alright? That's what He did. So, here's what God did. He, he, he basically told us, hey, this is what I did. Now this is what I'm going to do. God planned His work and worked His plan. And in the working of His plan, guys, as the story on the timeline began to unfold, God revealed details about Himself. That He is eternal. Everybody said out loud. He's what? He is outside of time and space. He was and is and will always be. He revealed that He is transcendent. That He is above everything and everyone. No one can compare or compete. He also revealed that He is eminent, that He is interested and involved in His creation. And even though He is outside of time and space, He is involved with what He has created. He is keeping an eye on us, ordering our steps, directing our paths, igniting and encouraging us. That's an awesome God right there, right? He also said, God revealed to Himself, and He said, He is immutable that he is never changing. Say it out loud. He is what? Never changing. Kind of like the retired music teacher that you know. before he had retired, he would start every class asking the kids, what's the news of the day? And you know how kids are. Whatever. He said, I'll tell you what the news of the day is. He'd take out his tuning fork and he'd hit it. And he'd say, middle C. Let me tell you about middle C. He said middle C was middle C yesterday. It's middle C today. And it'll be middle sea tomorrow. And that's our God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and will always be. Amen. Right? It's awesome. God is never changing. I love it. God also said and, and revealed that he is sovereign. That God can orchestrate and manipulate his creation to work his plan. So again, in the Bible, God reveals what he did. And then man sinned, so he revealed what he's going to do. And then God starts revealing Himself. And that He's sovereign. That along the way, He can manipulate whatever He wants to accomplish what He is attempting to do. Not attempting, what He will do. You guys got it? He's sovereign. He can orchestrate and manipulate His creation. He can steer and direct kings and kingdoms. Do you remember when it was Caesar that called a tax where everybody had to go to their homeland, to the, the place of their birth, to, in order to pay the tax and to register in the census? Do you remember that? That made Mary and Joseph, when she's nine months pregnant, to go from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem just because God said that Jesus, His Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem? God knows how to manipulate the stuff. He can do it. Can you say amen? Amen. He not only that, but I mean, he can direct and and manipulate friends and foes, he can manipulate time and terms. Did you know God can make and did make the sun stand still? He turned the clock backwards another time. He manipulates that, he is sovereign, and he also can manipulate and direct critters and creation. He can make a fish. Swallow a coin, jump on a hook so that Peter can pull out and pay Jesus in his taxes. That's how God works. Look at your neighbor and say, wow, he's sovereign. It's awesome. But God also described himself that he is this, all powerful. Say it out loud with me, what? All powerful. In fact, listen to how God introduced himself to Abraham in the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 17, and verse 1, it says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. So God shows up in Abraham's life and He says, Hey, listen, I am the Almighty. I am El Shaddai. Say it out loud. He's what? El Shaddai. The Hebrew word or title for El Shaddai means the all-sufficient one. You see, God doesn't need a team of Avengers or a Justice League to get things done. He doesn't need an army of angelic beings to keep things going. God needs no help whatsoever. His power is infinite and unlimited. I mean the immensity of God's power. All powerful, the immensity of God's power is seen in four things. Everybody said four things. How powerful is God? It is seen in four things. First, His power is seen in creation. Think about it. From nothing, He created everything. Or, I'm gonna say it again. From nothing, He created everything. We have no idea what nothing is. Right? But from nothing, he created everything. And think about the particulars of that. Like our sun. Our sun is a ball of fire so big that you could put one million planet Earths on the inside of the sun. That's how immense and big it is. Think about our galaxy. Our galaxy is so huge. If, in fact, if you climbed into a rocket and traveled 186,000 miles per second, it would take 52,850 years to get to the end of our galaxy. Uh, yeah, right? And guys, the research has determined that there are over 2 million galaxies in the universe. Did your brain just go tilt? Huh? Psalm 33, verse 6, listen. It says, The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries, and locked the oceans in its vast reservoirs. I love it. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Oh, Lord, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth By Everybody, by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Let's say it out loud. Nothing too hard for you. So there's nothing too hard for our God to create. His power is seen in creation. Here's the second thing. God's power is seen in his sustaining. Everybody said out loud in his what? In his sta- So God's power is seen in his creation, but it's also seen in his sustaining. Listen, in order to maintain life, the earth has to orbit around the sun 24 7, 365 days a year without fail. It, it can't take a break. It can't. Oh, slow down. It has to 24-7, 365 days a year, without fail, it has to orbit around the sun all while spinning 1,000 miles per hour. Right now, we are spinning 1,000 miles per hour. And you want to know what, guys? The sun, think about this, has to keep burning at exactly 15 million degrees every minute without running out of fuel for, in order for us to sustain life on this planet. So what, or who, keeps everything together? Keeps everything moving? Everybody say it out loud, the Almighty God. Say it again, the Almighty God. And you know what's cool? He never breaks a sweat. He never pulls a muscle. He never gets a cramp. He never loses his breath. His power sustains all things. Not only did he create it all, but his power sustains all things without even breaking a sweat. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 says it like this God existed before anything else. Let's read this part out loud together. And he holds. All creation together. God feeds the birds of the air. He pushes up the grass and the wildflowers. And here's what Jesus said about it. If He does that, surely He can sustain you. Right? Luke chapter 12, verse 28 says, If God gives such attention to the wildflowers, most of them never ever seen... Don't you think that He will attend to you, take pride in you, and do His best for you? Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Ha ha! Look at your neighbor and say, God sustains me, right? And then I love this one. Isaiah said it best in Isaiah 46.4. He said, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will sustain you. I will carry you along and save you. Yeah, that's a great place to applause God. Yeah. (laughs) So, nothing is too hard for God to create. He's all-powerful. Nothing is too hard for Him to sustain. Here's a third thing about His all-powerfulness. Nothing is too dead for Him to resurrect. Nothing is too dead for him to resurrect. See, another witness of God's unlimited power is that he can bring the dead back to life. He resurrected Sarah's dead womb. You remember Abraham in the Old Testament, his 90-year-old wife, all right? Now, you know, he comes in because God told him that they're going to have a child. And he comes in and he looks at his 90-year-old wife and he says, babe, we're going to have a baby boy. Uh-huh, right? Sure we are. No, no, her womb is dead. But, but listen, before it happened, but before she actually did get pregnant, Sarah doubted. She laughed at the promise of a baby boy. But listen what, to what God told Abraham after she laughed. Genesis 18, 13. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah, your 90-year-old wife, laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And guess what? She did have a son, and they called the baby boy Isaac, which means laughter, because God is the one who got the last laugh, right? He can resurrect no matter how dead. Here's another example. God resurrected Moses' dead staff. In Numbers chapter 17, there's a story where Moses' leadership got challenged. You know, he had led the people out of Egypt. He had led them across the Red Sea. And they were now traveling through the desert. But somebody stood up and said, Hey, who died and left you, boss, Moses? Who made you the hefe? Huh? What about us? Well, Moses got a little, you know, because now people were being divided. They didn't know whether to follow Moses or not. And so Moses goes to the Lord and he says, Lord, he says, you know, I'm going to need some help here. So God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to endorse the leader by blessing his staff. That was, you know, their walking stick. It was, you know, their walking stick that had been passed down from generations to each tribe leader. Alright? And he says, so I'm going to bless their, the one that I endorse, I'm going to bless their staff. So I want you to lay them at night in front of the door of the tabernacle, and then in the morning I want you to come, because the one that the staff comes alive, that's the one, the leader I'm going to endorse. And so, all of a sudden, the next morning, all those guys who were challenging Moses went over there to the tabernacle, all anxious to see who, maybe their staff, you know, that dead stick is coming alive. And sure enough, there was one. It was Moses' staff. And guys, not only had it broken out a branch, but it blossomed flowers, and then at the end of it, there were ripe almonds growing right on that limb. On a dead staff! God! It doesn't matter how dead things are, His resurrection power proves that He is almighty, right? It does. Here's something interesting, guys, because centuries later, when the religious leaders challenged Jesus' authority, God did it again. God resurrected Jesus' body to prove to them and everyone else who is really the Messiah, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's Jesus Christ. Because things looked, guys, pretty bleak on that Good Friday. Jesus died on the cross. They put His lifeless body in a tomb. But then Sunday was a new chapter. The angels announced, He is not here. Everybody, He is risen. And it endorsed Jesus' authority, no matter how dead things are. And here's something interesting. God promised to raise our dead body to be with him forever when we believe in Jesus Christ. Isn't that, isn't that cool? So I don't know, what do you think he's able to do it? Huh? I know when that day comes, I know what I'm gonna be singing. Because, you know, God's going to do it because he did it for Jesus. He did it for Moses. He he did it, so, you know, he promised to do it for me. He's going to raise me to be with him forever. And when that day comes, I'm going to sing. Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. I'm going to get up out of the ground, right? How many of you are with me? Yeah, right? Awesome. It's God's unlimited power.
0: Thank you for joining us here as Pastor Dion Cordova has brought you the simple truth. In this series, Pastor Dion has been exploring the foundations of the Christian faith. What is it that makes us who we are? What separates us from the rest of the world? Jesus made it pretty clear when he was talking to his disciples in John 13, 35, saying, By this all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. (laughs) That might be a foundational truth, but it's not an easy one. Consider the disciples. They all came from different walks of life. Jesus brought together a zealot and a tax collector who were quite simply enemies. Then he told them to love each other. What does that look like in your life? Do you know that love is to be your defining characteristic? That means wherever you are, whatever church you walk into, no matter if they look differently or do things differently, love is what you're called to do. If you're looking for a community dedicated to that principle, come and see us. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Espanola, New Mexico. We have services Sunday mornings at 9 or 11. And if you'd like to jump into a Bible study with us midweek, come by this Wednesday evening at 7. We'd love to have you. All this information and more can be found at tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Head on over there now and check it out. We're at the end of our time today, but we hope to see you again when we come back with The Simple Truth. So let us draw our hands and together we stand